Welcome to episode 116 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey shares a story of how a cat was rehomed after escaping its owner, and I talk about another breed, this time a goat. We discuss some childhood favorites for our picks this week, and learn about our resourceful animal of the week. So let's get to it. Episode 116 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of super fun animals. But before we get into that, also I should preface, neither of us are feeling great today, so <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Anyway, but Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? So I have been busy being a couch potato. Woohoo! That's what happens when you don't feel good. Yeah. So also, like, I now transition to, like, full-time, so now, of course, I only get my two days off. A full-time couch potato <laughs> is where that seemed like that was going. <laughs> Full-time at work. <laughs> yeah. You need to so like, before that, what you're talking about. Okay. So before that, I was like three days in a row, like every day. It's like, because early in the morning is like eight o'clock-ish, as if that's actually early. It's not. Is that when your shift starts? No, my shift starts at seven or 6.30. Oh, 6.30 is rough. Seven sounds yeah. about right for that kind of work, though, but. Well, 6.30 anyway. is like medication prep stuff. So oh, okay, it's okay, like okay. you come in, you do medications, you get diets ready. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Switch it, putting cats in the play yard, that kind of thing. Okay. Anyway, on my before I went full time, I had my three days off. Now I just have my two days off yep, at, yep. early in the morning, around eight, which is early for normal people. Right. <laughs> is when like Animal Planet has like the good shows on, so I'd be really? watching. That's what I would call them the good shows, like the zoos on or the aquarium. Or, no, I, I I believe you. I just, yeah. usually Animal Planet is total junk, so it's good to know that 8 a.m. is when you have to watch. Yes. I believe it's 8. It might stuff. be 9, but I'm pretty sure it's 8. Okay. But anyway, And then after that, it's like still good shows, but it's like it Monsters goes, Inside Me. Yeah, it goes downhill pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, then it gets into its reality TV stuff, which it's is all the, all like, about It's all the like Northwoods blah and crap like that mm-hmm. I don't care about. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, I've been watching a lot of the zoo, and then one day I was like, eh, I'll just start channel surfing because the zoo's over now, and <laughs> they don't show cri- uh, Crikey as the Irwins as much anymore in the morning. Oh, Because it nice. used to be like the zoo and then Crikey as the Irwins. Yeah. Um, but now they ha- they're not doing that, like, pattern, and so hmm. uh, one day I was like, eh, I'm just going to do channel surfing. It's like, my go-tos are like uh, BBC, Nat Geo, Oxygen if I want to know about murder stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Or National Geographic or Nat Geo Wild, and so it's typically Nat Geo Wild. Okay. And um, one day it was like just a marathon of Secrets of the Zoo, so it's like binge watching that. Literally, You're like, all- great. I'm, just I'm like, sit here I was and- literally on my couch all day, and it's like I'm never on the couch in my living room. It's like I'm usually in my room, and yeah. it's like so I was just on my living room couch all day watching Secrets of the Zoo, or um, because Secrets of the Zoo, there's like I think two or. There's two, like, American ones where it's, like, the one I usually watch is, that happens to be on is goes over Columbus Zoo. Okay. And the other one is Zoo Tampa, which I also like because they have manatees there, and I love manatees. So, yeah, because on Disney Plus, they mm-hmm. have a bunch of them, and I haven't wa- I watched the Australian one, 
And now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch another one. And one I think might be Tampa. Yeah. And then one somewhere with annoying accents. And I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, I, like the ones that are like foreign are. No, those are great. I'm talking like oh. Southern American, oh, like annoying, really? twangy, twangy. I need to know what this is. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> it's probably like North Carolina or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, I was like, I can't. It just bothers mm-hmm. me too much. But yeah, anyway, I just I want to know if they're all on there, but they're obviously not all on yeah. there because I know there are other ones. Anyway, yeah. continue. Sorry. Yeah, because and then on rare occasion, there's ones like um, Zoo Taronga. I think it's Zoo Taronga. Or, That's the down under one. Yeah. Taronga and there are other ones on there. I think it's Zoo Victoria. Oh, and then there's totally a, another one that's in the UK. Um, I cannot remember There was one that's like the Chester Zoo, I think, or something Oh, yeah, like that. that's the UK one, I think. I remember watching I that one, Zoo. but... Also, part of the problem is I think the Columbus Zoo is on Disney Plus, mm. but also I like watching things that are like within the last like three years, and I think that one's from like eight years ago. Oh, really? So I'm like, uh, I don't like watching it when it's that old. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of that, yeah. and also I found out that apparently there's one for Disney's Animal Kingdom too, oh, but cool. I can't remember the name of it. You would think I could find that on Disney Plus. I know, it's like that has to be on Disney Plus it. because it's literally Disney. Disney, yeah, I haven't looked for it, but I, mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be on there. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. Cool. <laughs> that's what happens it's, when you don't feel good. You like, watch a lot of TV. It's like it just shows like I probably have an issue because like I literally work for animal with All animals day. for a living, and then when I'm by day off, off I'm like watching zoo shows. <laughs> watch zoo shows, and then you do a podcast about yeah. animals. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm craziness i have other interests but yeah i like i like nintendo animals always still feed into D &D for Mm -hmm. me it's a problem (laughs) anyway um okay well that's fun Mm -hmm. uh i don't have a good segue for this um america's a mess (laughs) (laughs) let's just be real it's just like a disaster zone like it's just it's so bad if you're I don't know if people in other countries get to see all of our craziness of all the book banning and all that stuff going on and all the crazy legislature being passed in states mostly. Anyway, it's nuts. The U.S. is falling apart. Let's just be real. (laughs) Anyway, but so the book banning, one of the biggest things, if you're not from the states and you haven't heard about it, Florida has this massive book banning thing going on and they're having to review all their books, blah, 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 blah. And they're putting like none of them back. Anyway, I think I told you somewhere in Idaho, a parent challenged based on the um requirements and everything and their restrictions for books being banned that they should ban the bible which is very true (laughs) because it's full of violence and incest and all kinds of bad things anyway um yeah i think i saw a video of something like that yeah so anyway val first of all don't ban books period anyway (laughs) point being so ford is crazy but i was looking at this book ban thing because i'm just like oh god because some of the books sometimes you'll like just come across that got banned are so ridiculous that they're banning them and then I was just like, oh, books, like weird books that have been banned. And one of the ones that popped up was Charlotte's Web. <laughs> and I was shocked when I found this I, out and yeah. offended. I was like, what? I don't think this one is current, though. But this was, I think mm-hmm. it was Idaho. It was some freaking backwoods state like that. Anyway, and apparently it was banned. I don't know if it's, I could not verify if it was still banned or if they had released it. But it was at one point banned. And it's because animals talk in it. And animals are not allowed to talk, according to some Christians in this world. <laughs> so but, anyway. But, this, but the snake in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They don't, <laughs> these people don't go with logic. They don't give a shit. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Also, but I don't even remember if Charlotte's. Does Wilbur talk to Fern? I mean, I haven't read it since I was a child. 
Because technically the animals could just be communicating with each other. They don't yeah. have to be talking. True. Anyway, ridiculous. Like in Babe. Yeah. I should watch that again, too. I haven't watched that in so long. I haven't watched any of these. I watched that so much when I was a kid, too. Yeah, same. <laughs> anyway, but um, so but it made me think of, I was like, oh, Charlotte's Web, like a kid's book. And then it made me think of, like, what animal-related, like, books did I... Well, I hated reading as a kid, let's be real. But there was one I used to read called The Saddle Club, because it was horses, so of course. And anyway, I just made me think of it. So I was looking for it, like the Saddle Club, and they made a TV series out of it. And I am going to have to go watch it at some point. I'm sure it's horrible. But I just remember even then as a child being annoyed because I don't know that much about English writing because I did Western and I didn't go to a stable. But I'm always annoyed in media how they don't portray things correctly. And I was so mad in this one because she's auditioning, I think, for Annie. And it just so inaccurately portrayed what theater is like in youth theater. And I was like, this book is ridiculous. This is not how this would go. This would not be acceptable. Anyway, and as a small child, I was a brat about that, apparently. But anyway, Saddle Club was a book series I really liked because it's three girls and their horses and all of that stuff. So anyway, they made a TV series out of it. And I'm going to have to watch an episode and get back to you on uh, how that is. I imagine it's terrible for adults because obviously it's made for children. (laughs) Anyway... But there's that. So let's hope that America gets better because <laughs> it's a mess. But hey, it, my mom has her Irish citizenship now, oh. so she can get out totally. Hmm. And hopefully family over there, if an emergency situation could get my dad and I jobs, and hopefully that would be able to get us a visa <laughs> to move to the, you know, <laughs> less religious Ireland. <laughs> so this Catholic is- and Protestant. Wait, so this is Republic of Ireland, right? Uh, it's not part no, of the UK. No, this is... Or is it part of the UK? This is the UK, Ireland. Okay. Yeah. No, our family's in the UK, Ireland. We did not go to Belfast and all that. That um, reminds me of, like, my sister was telling me about, like, some updates to her 23andMe. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, apparently something... Because we knew we were part Irish from my dad telling us. Yeah. But it didn't come up in our 23andMe. But now there have been some updates, and it's like now it's showing it more so in her, or else I don't know how to navigate 23andMe's website, which is entirely possible because I'm a terrible millennial. Okay. <laughs> All right. Casey wants to talk about something, and I have not read this yet, so I'm going to find out the story right alongside you. So take it away, Casey. <laughs> so <laughs> the title of the R code is called Cocaine Cat Escapes Owner. Will now live at Cincinnati Zoo. Every time I see cocaine now, I think of the cocaine hippos. I know. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so I kind of wanted to bring this up because there was recently the release of the movie Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear, By yeah. By the way, I have not heard good things about it. Oh, I thought everyone was saying it's you know it's good in a like um Sharknado type mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. Even Let's though see. the real story is really sad because the bear just died and he was probably like scared. <laughs> anyway. Um. So apparently, um, the horror comedy riffs off a true story. I put air quotes because, based on what I know, it's like very loosely based. Basically, the bear got into a bunch of cocaine and ate it and OD'd. That was yeah. it. He didn't go attack a bunch of the people. 175-pound black bear yeah. was found dead near a duffel bag and some $2 million worth of cocaine. Um, so they... <laughs> Social media users have predictably dubbed... Um, so this... The cat is actually a serval, so they have dubbed it a 
cocaine cat. Okay. Um, the slender feline made its escape after its owner was pulled over by police on January 28th, <laughs> according to local animal control officials. And it leapt from the car into a tree, which I found surprising because servals actually don't like going up in trees very yeah, much. Yeah, weird. They can jump that high, but they don't have very long tails, so they don't balance very well. Yeah. <laughs> but they are good jumpers. Yep. Um, so Ray Anderson of Cincinnati Animal Care said that local animal control um, Hamilton County dog wardens were called around 2 a.m. in a residential Oakley neighborhood. <laughs> and this was in Ohio where it is actually illegal to own the animals. Yeah, it should be illegal most places aside from crazy Texas and Florida. Yeah. And unfortunately, during the rescue, the cat, whose name apparently is Amory, um, broke its leg and became oh, more agitated. No. Well, yeah. Poor baby. Yeah. And also, I work with two servals. Um, they are very sassy cats to begin with. <laughs> um, once she, Amory was taken in for medical care by the Cincinnati Animal Care, the team ran a drug test in which they determined that Amory had cocaine in his system. Oh, my God. Um, it's not the first time the Cincinnati Animal Care, um, which has been operating as the county's animal shelter, has had a wild animal test positive for drugs. In 2022, the group took in a capuchin monkey named Neo that had methamphetamines in his oh, system. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So it's kind of concerning this is not <laughs> first off. I mean, people, their animals get into their edibles all the time, mm -hmm. but cocaine's a yeah. little bit bigger But apparently deal. since that case with the monkey, it has become standard procedure for the shelter to attest exotic Dude, animals that <laughs> arrive toxic. at the shelter for drugs. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. um, they did confirm that the owner of Amory relinquished custody of the cat to um, Cincinnati Animal Care before it was taken into the care of the Cincinnati Zoo. And hopefully now they face drug charges as well as having yeah. this cat. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, servals have grown in popularity with some showing up in TikTok videos as pets, which I have seen as like, I want algorithms to be fixed to where I see animals, Not but like I don't that, see yeah. exotic animal pets. Yeah. Like, yeah. I see people like cuddling jaguars and stuff. It's like, I don't want this. No. I, this is stupid. Quit so showing dumb. me that. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the story of Emery, the cocaine cat who now lives at the Cincinnati Zoo. Oh, kitty. Yeah, poor little guy. Poor babe. Well, poor medium-sized <laughs> guy. <laughs> All right, poor kitty. Mm -hmm. um, well, it is a five-week month, so we get a bonus breed, and we're going to shake it up. We're doing a goat today. Yeah, by the way, I just want to say before recording, she said, we're going to do the goat today. And it's like, oh, oh like, great of all time? Or, like, <laughs> we're the goats because we're doing, like, a five-week month thing <laughs> for recording. And yeah. it's like, no, it is literally a goat. It was not the goat. It is no. a goat. Anyway, um, yeah, we've done two cats, two horses, and two bunnies. So I wanted to shake it up. So now we got a goat going on. I'm not going to lie. Mostly I'm doing goats because... Half of them are not made for food. <laughs> and cattle and pigs make me sad because <laughs> they're basically almost all made mm -hmm. for food. And there was one cow I was reading about. I was like, it was so cute. And they're like, well, of course, with the beef part. And I'm like, nope, moving yeah. on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, my cousin, um, his wife, um, his, her dad, like, breeds linebacks, which is a dairy and meat cattle. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like the dairy cattle aren't as exciting. Mm. Um, but... This one cow's... I've seen them in videos like, before. you only know so the cute. Holsteins. Yeah, exactly. 
because they're so cute. <laughs> they're so adorable. And I'm like, I want to cuddle them. And there are people who just have them like as pets and stuff. And I'm like, they're just giant dogs. I love them. And I want to play with them. But anyway, all the information about them then goes into <laughs> their meat and stuff. And I'm like, it makes me sad. Anyway, so I have chosen the Nigerian dwarf goat. And they are a miniature goat of West African origin. They're so cute. Um, and it's confirm confirmation? What? Okay. Anyway, sure. Its confirmation is similar to that of the larger dairy goat breeds. The parts of the body are in balanced proportion. The nose is straight, the ears are upright, the coat is soft with short to medium hair. Any color or combination of colors is acceptable, though silver agouti, what? Roan, is considered a modern fault. Uh, agouti is literally spelled like the animal. <laughs> yeah, agouti. there's also this trait called agouti in mice, and it's um, actually what we call a recessive lethal trait. Oh, no. Because if you have both copies of the agouti recessive um, gene, mm -hmm. um, then the animal dies um, in the womb. Aw, that's sad. Well, there's a happy note for us to continue on. Anyway, we'll try to move on. So um, the height of the Nigerian dwarf goat. Oh, they have ideal versus maximum, just so you know. So the does are 17 inches uh, to 19 inches. That's the ideal. But 22.6 inches is the maximum. The bucks. Also, I'm now learning that goats are called does and bucks. <laughs> um, bucks are 19 to 20 inches, ideally, but the max is 23 to 6 inch or 23.6 inches. Ideal weight is suggested to be about 75 pounds, based on HES in evaluation information. I'm not sure what HES is because that is not their uh, society that talks about them. So, I don't know. Go look it up, Casey. While I continue. HES. HES. Yep. For anyway. Goats? For goats, yep. Animals are disqualified from the show ring for being oversized for the breed standard, curly coat, Roman nose, what? And pendulous ears are evidence of meatonia. This is associated with fainting goats. Anyway, uh, the most commonly asked question about dwarf goats is, what is the difference between these and pygmy goats? Although they have similar origins, they are separate and distinct breeds. Pygmies are bred to be cobby and heavy-boned. Dwarves are bred to have the length and body structure in proportion of a dairy goat. They come in many colors. The main color families are black, chocolate, and gold. Random white markings are common, as are spots and other color combinations such as red, white, gold, and black. Color is one of the big, all caps, factors that makes breeding dwarves so popular. You never can be sure what color the babies will be until they are born. Even then, you can't be sure because their color can change. <laughs> it says dwarf goats are gentle and lovable. Even breeding bucks are handled easily. They make wonderful pets and great animal projects for young children in 4-H. I should probably also say I'm getting this information from Oklahoma State University, which obviously I'll be linking. Anywho. Um, so... Breeders of other types of goats find that their dwarves blend in with the rest of the herd well and do not need special quarters, just adequate fencing to contain them because of their small size. Uh, and then basically everything else goes into how much they breed. They breed a lot. <laughs> so dwarf goats breed year-round. Many breeders breed their does three times in two years, giving the doe a six-month-plus break. This, of course, is a personal choice for the breeder. 
and then newborn kids average about two pounds at birth but grow quickly and they reach sexual maturity at a young age so be sure to separate the bucks and does those little guys have been known to breed and be fertile as young as seven weeks of age wow that is young crazy does can be bred at seven to eight months of age if they have reached good size but some breeders prefer to wait till their earliest year and dwarf does can have several kids at a time uh three and four being common and sometimes even five that's crazy anyway they're generally good mothers and able to take care of their babies should you leave them to do the raising of the kids and they can also provide a surprising amount of milk for their size they can give three to four pounds per day of six to ten percent butter fat Anyway, like I said, they go on and on about more breeding and stuff like that. And then they also link some registries and breed associations. So there's the American Nigerian Dwarf Dairy Association. And duh. <laughs> I don't know how you would. And da. And da. That's what I'm going to say. And then the Nigerian Dwarf Goat Association are some other places to look out for them. But anyway, they're cute. And um, the picture they have on this site is really boring. But a lot of other pictures are really cute. And they have adorable little patches and all kinds of cuteness. So there you go. There's a dwarf. So, or a dwarf. There's a dwarf, uh, Nigerian dwarf goat specifically. And apparently, if a pet goat's what you're looking for, these guys are a good option because they're friendly for the most part. You know, as goats can be. And hey, Casey. Yes, Allie. Why is it hard to carry on a conversation with a goat? I do not know. Because they're always butting in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> When I've been around goats, they didn't butt me very much. Really? They can be nasty. Mm-hmm. I've definitely been butted. I feel like sheep do it more. Hmm. No, I've definitely been butted by a goat, though. Not, like, super bad, like, where it knocked... I've always been ki- a small child when I was around goats. They haven't knocked me down, but they definitely have. Yeah. But I do remember me. seeing some Nigerian dwarfs at, like, um, the Del Mar Fair. Mm-hmm. And, like, I we were, like, talking with my friends, and it's like, okay... We're planning on like what's going to be the setup in the garage because we're taking right. some of these home and like it was so cute because some of them had little sweaters on because it was oh, cold. Oh goodness, <laughs> they're, so cute. they're so cute. I want goats. So when I have money someday in my dream world where I have all my animals, mm-hmm. I will definitely have yeah. some goats. Also because I want to set the goats loose on the brush <laughs> and like go have at it. No, like I had fire clearing. <laughs> I had to weed our cat yard the other day. Yeah, I was telling my coworkers like. I wish we had a little herd of goats. Yeah. And I could just let them loose in here and I t- feel like trim you guys should just down. get goats. It'd probably be more cost effective. Yeah. It's like, They'd do it faster, I bet. Mm-hmm. I just, I really want goats so I can like always have a fire break and be like, have at it, guys. Oh, yeah. Have fun. <laughs> and they're just cute, too. But yeah. anyway. I Like when I was a senior in high school, like I was in uh, ag- one ag class. It was for veterinary science. So I worked with the goats all the time. Yeah. The goats are cute. I remember when we were, because I grew up in the boonies, right? So 4-H was a thing that, like, I feel like you basically had to do. And I chose horses because you don't have to kill them. (laughs) Because most of the animals in 4-H, you slaughter. (laughs) But apparently it could have worked with goats and wouldn't have had to slaughter them. Shit, we could have had a goat at my house. We had the space for it. Anyway, I don't know if goats want to be with other goats, though. They probably do. I don't think they'd do well on their own. They probably want some friends. Probably the rams when they're mature. Yeah, but I wouldn't want a ram. They'd be a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. I'd want to have a couple goats. Yeah. That'd be so fun. I remember that was something I found interesting. It's like because we like rented, basically rented a la- the ram to stay with the female goats at <laughs> the school. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so there we go. So there's a goat. That's probably something you would like to do. It's like, I'll rent my la- ram out so he doesn't get slaughtered. 
<laughs> I just don't want to have animals to get slaughtered. Yeah. I just want to yeah. be really wealthy and be able to like buy some animals to just live out their lives. Yeah. The only problem with that I is that, that was something that was sad that happened was like there was this one goat that had been around for a long time and it was even the goat that um my teacher his daughter had raised a bit calf from and yeah. it's like she had a preemie and it's like of course with that and her being her old age she was put down. Aww. Yeah. But that's still if it has to be cosmetically but mm-hmm. like just slaughtering stuff makes me sad. Especially with the cows. They're so cute. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And the pigs, too, because pigs are so cute. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, that was something that was traumatic, too. What? Because, like, it was a hot day when we got the pigs, so one of them started seizing when we he arrived. Oh, no. And that noise is awful. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The pigs squealing is Aww, so loud. Oh, like, poor baby. Mm-hmm. Did he recover? Was no. he okay? <gasps> oh. He didn't make it. Oh, no. Yeah. That is awful. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor baby. I just remember in middle school, I don't know what class, it must have been a science class where we had to go deal with the farm animals at one point because I was not in any of the future farmers of America or any of those things. And man, I just remember the one pig was a big ass pig and it came at me and I was like, I don't know if you're about to bite me, but I'm not going to hang around to find out. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump on out of this thing because you are a giant ass pig and I don't want to get bit by you. I don't need to go to the hospital today. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so good times. Sort of. Not really. Anyway, did you find out what HES means? No, I can't find it. I keep on getting medical stuff, and it's like, this is clearly not what it is. Okay, well, we'll have to get back to you eventually on what HES stands for. Somebody out there probably knows. Somebody probably works with goats. Mm -hmm. And they're probably like, it's what this is. It doesn't even, like, have, like, ag or, like, you know, Mm -hmm. farmers as part of it, so it's weird. And also, normally, like, if there's, like, a page, it, like, says the full... If you're doing it proper, you say the full name, and yeah. then What's the up acronym. Oklahoma State? Usually you say that, and then you put what it is, mm-hmm. and they didn't put what it is. Mm-hmm. I expect better from a university. Anyway. Especially from a university. Yeah, you would think so. But they have good information. They teach us that. Well, <laughs> these are the farm people and not the, <laughs> not the English. <laughs> Anywho. Um, all right, so we're moving on into our picks, and it was my turn, and we haven't done anything that's not an actual animal in a long time. And I thought of this recently, which ties mm-hmm. in really well with what Casey talked about in the beginning of this episode. So I chose our favorite nature series growing up. And Casey, what did you choose? So I struggled. Okay. So I basically broke it down to two. Was it, wait, your, wait, sorry. Was your struggle because there were too many and you couldn't narrow it down? Yeah. Okay, all right. So, like, you took one of the, You actually took two of them. Oh, sorry. <laughs> So, uh, one I went with when I was a really little kid and okay. watched, like, on PBS, and that was Zabumafu. I don't know what that is. And I can't believe, but, like, there's these two brothers. Okay. And, like, their best friend is this Sifaka lemur, and his name is Zabumafu. And then he comes in, and they have, like, these little food dispensers. There's this treat that they give Zabumafu, and then when he gets that, he could actually start talking. And then they would all teach you about all the different kinds of animals and they would like it was like this kind of tent looking area and they would even bring in one of the animals so they'd have real about. animals not yes. like animated okay yeah i have never heard of this and of course talking zabumafu is he's not like animated in the intro he's animated but right. he's like this little puppet thing that's talking okay so, okay but they do bring in there is a real life zabumafu he's passed on now but his sure. kids <laughs> <laughs> he has great grandchildren still around. Oh, yeah. is that show still on? I don't know. It's probably on reruns. I have okay. to check. 
Anyway. I love, I watch that like all the time with my little sister when I was a kid because like. Never heard of it. I'm surprised. Maybe it was on after I was tiny. Yeah. Maybe it was a newer thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I think now they might have like a completely animated Zabumafu, but I can't remember. Zabumafu. I'm going to go look it up while you talk about the other one. So the other one was when I was like an older kid. Um, and that was oh yeah it started in 1999 mm-hmm. so I was no longer a tiny child I yeah. was a sentient adolescent mm-hmm. well, there <laughs> <Okay>. he is <laughs> is this him yeah okay he's cute mm-hmm. anyway okay continue but the other one is I'm basic the crocodile hunter yeah as like <laughs> I almost put that one but I was like I really didn't watch that one as much I watched it sometimes but not as much as the other ones yeah I did watch it quite a bit when I was little um, and also just a fun fact like I watched uh, reruns uh, when I go to the dentist because that's one of the things they show. <laughs> so random. I know. Like, oh, we're going to be dealing with your teeth. Look at these animals with a lot of teeth. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, of course, Steve Irwin, iconic with his khaki shorts. Right. <laughs> um, oh, crikey. <laughs> yes. As like, I, I love Australian accents. I yeah, think, they're great because of anyway. That. They're just great. I like just his. Like, and he's just so enthusiastic. I know. It's like, I wish I had that energy. Like I'm in my twenties, and it's like I still don't have that. Like, I, <laughs> I don't have that do energy. It. No, it's like, he's no. always like, ah. Oh. Yep. So yeah, iconic person. It was very sad when it found out he died, and yeah, like, came to school. You were like a small child. Probably, yeah, I was. Then. Yeah, I was in elementary school because I remember I came up to school and it was like my friend was like, "Oh, you're probably sad." And I was like, "What happened?" Is like, like, don't say that. It's like he told me Steve Irwin passed away. I'm like what? I was so sad too when it yeah. happened. I was upset, and then like a friend, a family friend, like got me a video, a DVD, mm-hmm. um, of something about him and i still i don't think i ever watched it because it was too painful i was like Mm -hmm. i can't do it i can't watch it i'm too sad but yeah i remember from watching the crocodile hunter when i was a kid i thought the zoo back then was just crocodiles same when i I remember when i heard about it i was like oh he just gets crocodiles all the time like cool Mm -hmm. but then like i'm bored after a while I was like, oh no, they talk about other things too. And I'm like, the zoo yeah. and they got other animals. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Also, sometimes I was like, you're being really dumb. <laughs> you're gonna get, you're gonna get bit. <laughs> like, you're being really dumb. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I also like I love crocodiles. I think largely because of watching that as a kid. Yeah. As that was so, he was so focused on. But of course, he also like did all kinds of animals and. Right. When it got into more of the animals, more other kinds of animals, it was more mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. But. Yeah, but it was a good one. I just felt I didn't choose it because I didn't watch it as much as I watched other things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I chose the Jeff Corrin experience, um, which is the one that I watched the most, which was like the Crocodile Hunter, but with less crikeys and not <laughs> jumping on crocodiles. And less Australian. Yeah, less Australian and not as, not as enthusiastic. Um, but I felt like they did like more varied animals in different locales more. So anyway, so I used to watch Jeff Corrin experience a lot. And then the other one that I just sticks with me for being little uh, was Meerkat Manor and being traumatized. Spoiler alert, but this was like 20 years ago, guys. (laughs) When the meerkat pups died because they drowned, (laughs) I was so upset. Anyway, um, but yeah, so Meerkat Manor. Because Meerkat Manor was just fun because it was this whole, like, drama following Mm -hmm. this, like... Because I feel like most documentaries, like, just kind of follow for, like, a very short amount of time on a specific group of animals but this one they must have documented them for years yeah so there was like at there was like after uh meerkat manor there was like meerkat manor i think next generation yeah because like 
this is a big spoiler, and very sad. <laughs> it was like, the matriarch eventually dies defending her pups when she gets bit on the head by a snake. Aww. Like, I did I was, not see that. Well, I was so sad. I would be crying too. So that show was usually happy, but then there were sad episodes like when yeah. the pups drowned and stuff. But anyway, but it was just, it was just such a great, it was such great storytelling mm-hmm. and it was so dramatic and I was just like, it's just so good. Yeah. Anyway, so that one was fantastic, but Jeff Gordon was the one I watched the most, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I watched a little yeah. bit of Crocodile Hunter and then I will say quick shout out to I didn't watch as much but shows I wish they had more like these on there Big Cat Diaries <laughs> oh yeah I still see some th- that sometimes like, that must be like really at 2 o'clock in the morning mo- it's very early in the morning <laughs> <laughs> so anyway but those are the ones I watched but Coral was the one I watched I actually those. think they have brought back um, um, Mutual of Omaha really on I can't remember which channel it was but I remember seeing it like being promoted on Instagram <laughs> I feel like that was on one of the main networks. Mm. I feel like it was like ABC or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. Because I grew up in a time, y'all, when there weren't a million channels. <laughs> I grew up in a time where you had to be on channel three to watch a video and play a video game. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I love there was something that was oh like, say something that will like confuse a, a child from today. And it's like, you could only play video games on channel three. I'm like, same, you could only watch movies on channel three. Yeah, I remember like the transition to like when we get like flat screens is like, I remember I was like, this is like, changing it to channel 3 is like no you have to do this is like this other remote change it from hdm1 it's like i'm so confused yeah it was crazy dude we had so my grandparents had a cabin up in idlewild and they had an old tv there and you had to actually no maybe it did have buttons i don't even remember if we had a remote you had to go like put it was either i don't think it was a turn i think it was buttons but mm-hmm. there were only 13 so you only had 13 channels to work with i'm pretty sure one was spanish so you just go like push the buttons this ancient tv anyway it was crazy y'all it's it's been a wild i feel like millennials are the craziest because we were alive for pre-internet mm-hmm. and pre-everything and then we saw like all because like when i was in high school internet was still pretty new like you had to wait a long ass time for shit to load <laughs> and i never did the like like Napster and stuff. I never got into that, but I remember downloading songs and it took like an hour yeah. to download a song. Man. <laughs> One of the things I like telling like little kids is like, I'm older than Google. Yeah. <laughs> there was one and it was like, I think it was a post and the guy was like, my kid didn't believe me that I was older than Google. <laughs> oh the God. one that always gets me though is like, what did you guys use before Google Maps? Maps? No, before Google Maps. I'm like, so there's this paper oh, thing yeah. <laughs> and they're a bitch to fold up don't <laughs> anyway it just cracks me up sometimes yeah. i'm like and then without cell phones like you just you left the house to go to a friend's house and if you got those directions wrong <laughs> you're just not getting yeah. there <laughs> like even like something that's also foreign to them is like actual like gps that you just have in your car and like where it's not just on your phone <laughs> like actual gps like programming in the car or like a gps like like the handheld like a little handheld device that oh, yeah, you yeah. have to bring into your car program in where your destination is. oh i never used that oh yeah i had to use it once um my it was my sister's because like we didn't have unlimited internet and it was like yeah. i'm terrible with directions and my dad can't give directions to save his life because <laughs> no like i swear it's like a man thing it's like they think like the directions they give are so simple and easy to follow it's like what you're saying makes no sense <laughs> like if you're a man giving directions that's most likely you make no sense when you're tell- giving directions. 
And so like, I was like, I was paranoid whenever I, cause I had to go, I think this was when I had to go to a different um, store for work yeah. um, than typical because like they were short staffed and so I had to go over there mm-hmm. and I was like I have never been there because it was over in Oceanside so it's mm-hmm. like I need some GPS to get me there because I have no clue where I'm going. <laughs> Did you ever use MapQuest and have to print out the directions? I remember those days. Vaguely when I was like a little kid and I think we were going on a road trip or something. Mm-hmm. It's but, usually yeah. road trips something like that where you're going like on vacation somewhere and you'd print out like three pages because mm-hmm. you'd have the directions on the map and then you just pray. Also, I had Thompson's guides. Those things yeah. saved my life. Anyway. Oh, in the before times. <laughs> anyway, it's crazy. All right. Well, um, that brings us to our animal of the week. And our animal of the week this week is... The satin bowerbird. The satin bowerbird. Are they pretty? I would say they're not like the most extravagant, but I'd say they're pretty. I'm going to go look at them. You tell us about them. So the satin power, satin bowerbird is in the order of Passeriformes. We've done that one a lot. Yes, we have. Is that the songbirds <laughs> or which one is that? No. I believe it is the Persian I think it birds. is. I think it yeah. is the songbirds, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they're sleek looking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And they're in the family Tilonorhynchidae. Okay. And their scientific name is Tilonorhynchus violaceus. Ooh, I like the violaceus thing. Mm-hmm. So they're native to what? eastern and southeastern coasts of Australia. This species prefer lives in wetter forests and woodlands, but can also be found in more open areas as well. They can live from 20 to 30 years, and they are actually the largest species of bowerbird by weight. And they can weigh from 170 to 290 grams. Okay. And they're about 27 to 33 centimeters long. I was like, I lost it. To 33? <laughs> yes. They are sexually dimorphic with males having a dark satiny sheen to their feathers as well as a pale bluish white bill. And big. they have violet blue eyes. Yeah, their eyes are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. While females are an olive green color, but males only show their coloration after they turn about seven years old. And until then, they look the same as the females. Okay. And sometimes are referred to as green birds. But it looks like the female still has the violet eyes. Yes. Yes, they do. Okay. That's really pretty, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's very few animals Ooh. that have um, blue eyes. Look too. at these pretty eyes. Mm-hmm. It looks really good on this color, too. Yep. Anyway, sorry. Continue. So... As mature adults, the males are solitary, but younger males sometimes, like I said, are referred to as green birds, um, along with the females, because they are literally olive green. Okay. Uh, They are much more commonly seen in groups. Um, Even though they tend to live in forested habitats, um, during the winter, they will move out into more open country. And around this time of year, the mature males will actually join the green bird flocks. These birds can also be quite chatty and make a wide range of vocalizations such as whistles, buzzings, and hissing noises. The mature males are known to make a loud wee noise, <laughs> and the f- these birds have even been known to do some mimicry, including sounds found in the, their environment, such as the sounds of predatory birds, but will also mimic some human-made noises. There is some debate on who the bowerbird's closest relatives are, with some evidence pointing to the birds of paradise, while some studies suggested they are closely related to lyrebirds. Um, the bowerbirds may lack the extravagant plumage of the birds of paradise or the lyrebirds, but they have other methods of wooing the females during the breeding season. Instead, the male bowerbird constructs a structure called a bower, 
and in this species, the bower is made up of two walls of sticks that are bent towards one another with enough space for a bower bird to pass through the structure. The male will clear the area around it to make a display court to better impress any female that decides to check out his bower. And these bowers are among the largest and most elaborate decor elaborately decorated structures built by an animal. Male bower birds will decorate the bower and the surrounding area with various objects they find. And in the case of the satin bower bird, um, his favorite thing to decorate his bower with is blue objects. It's so cute. Yep. <laughs> and he may use things such as flowers, berries, or uh, bird feathers. Um, however, these birds often prefer to use human-made objects to oh, decorate yeah. their bowers. Instead, um, even when they are living in high-quality, undisturbed habitat, they prefer human debris over natural objects, which is likely due to the fact that the blue color doesn't fade like it does in natural objects. Hmm. Some of the blue objects found around these bowers include Mentos wrappers, milk bottle caps, blue laundry pegs, hair ties, straws, and pen caps. Yeah, I see a lot of, like, bottle caps here. Mm -hmm. And these birds will go out of their way to get the best decorative objects to put <laughs> in their bowers, and even become little kleptomaniacs to do so. Oh, no. <laughs> and will go into other birds' territories to steal trinkets oh, and even destroy other birds' bowers. Oh, snap! <laughs> Some studies have been done on these birds, and scientists have found that they prefer stealing objects that reflect ultraviolet light, which we cannot see. Okay. But it, there is evidence to point to several birds being able to see an ultraviolet. Uh, when a female arrives at the bower, the male will leap into action and put on a display in which he does some strutting and bowing in front of his bower <laughs> while his wings are outstretched and quivering. He will also make some vocals to impress the female, including some mechanical sounding noises like buzzing and rattling. Mm. The male will also carry around one of the decorations in his bill to further entice the female. <laughs> if the female is satisfied, she will enter the bower to mate with the male. But after that, she leaves to go perform nesting duties on her own while the male preps to woo another female. The female makes a loose nest out of sticks in a tree or bush and usually lays around two to three eggs. And he can meet some for about 21 days, then they remain in the nest for another month before they are off on their own. The satin bower bird is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list, but their populations are declining. Unfortunately, they are losing habitat due to deforestation. Thankfully, though, the satin bower bird is not as remotely isolated as some other species and is among the most commonly encountered species over in Australia. Okay. And while that's not going to kill you. <laughs> nope, they will not kill you. Cool beans. But yeah, I love bower birds. Um, there was one book I read that was about sexual selection in birds, mm -hmm. and there was a whole section devoted to bower birds. Wow. And there's a lot of different kinds of structures they make, and some of them are huge. Really? Yep. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that is the satin bower bird. They're mm -hmm. really cool, and um, they just have really pretty eyes. That's what I'm stuck on. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I haven't seen any animals with violet eyes. Yeah. So pretty. Mm -hmm. anyway, I like how they're kleptomaniacs and that is like blue fun. objects. Also, it's the best color. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they have human stuff too, which is sad, but also mm. yay for recycling, kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, it's time for our challenge, and it was Casey's turn, so this will probably be bad news for me. That's usually how it works. Yes, because it is a quiz. Great. And it's an Oceana Quiz 3.0 because it's season three. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I believe I normally give 10 minutes. Oh, boy. Probably. 
And I, I need to make sure like I don't do 45. Oceana has no cats, so it's not No, it's a thing well about Oceana is there's not a lot of mammals. There were no cats in Oceana. <laughs> and the streets are not paved with cheese. I yep. love that song so much. Too. So I think by coincidence, I may have, may have asked several questions specifically around New Zealand. Okay. But it is all Oceana theme, and there are 10 questions. All right. So, I will. Let's see. I'm going to guess that I'll get five right. Okay. So we'll are you ready? Get. Let's I'm going to be. Let's do it. Okay. And here we go. What group of birds are native to eastern Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, and eastern Australia that possess some of the craziest plumage amongst the bird world? Um, I don't know. I'm going to say birds of paradise. That is correct. Yay. <laughs> Name the native animals of Australia that happen to be the in the country's emblem. Emu. There is one more. Oh. Um, a cassowary? Not the cast. Oh. In Australia, though. Yes, this is Australia. That shouldn't be a kiwi. Um. Oh, a kookaburra? Not a kookaburra. What the fuck? Um, a magpie? I'm just throwing birds out. I, I think we have failed <laughs> I'll give this you question. one more guess. You got the email right. I think we have just failed right. this question. Um, I don't remember if that was Australia. I'll just say it. A weka. <laughs> It is not the weka. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on. Yeah. But you got half of it. Okay, cool. <laughs> The Rhydites are a unique group of birds with about five representatives in the world. Okay. Three of them are found in Oceana. Okay. Name them. Okay. So we've got the cassowary. Do mm -hmm. I have to be specific or just the cassowary? I'm fine with just cassowary. Cool. Great. Cassowary, emu, and um, shoot. Is that the kiwi? Is kiwi Rhydite? Is that your final answer? I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know if it's kiwi or I don't remember what weka was. I know we did it. I don't remember if it's Rhydite. I'm gonna say it's kiwi. So kiwi emu cassowary. Yeah, I'm I'm sure about the emu and the cassowary. I'm not sure about the emu or the, the whatever <laughs> the kiwi. That is correct. Yay! What bird is the smallest member of the rites? Has the largest oh. egg relative to body size and the unofficial icon of New Zealand. There, that's definitely a kiwi. <laughs> that is the kiwi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> New Zealand is a fairly unique place in that it is amongst a few countries that is completely free of what group of animals? I feel like it's going to be like mammal or something like that. I'll give you a hint. Okay. It's a kind of herp. Oh. Hmm. I feel like it's going to have to be a snake or a lizard. I don't remember. I'm going to say snake. That is correct. Yay. <laughs> there are no snakes in New Zealand. There are no snakes in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Some islands in Indonesia are unique in that their apex predator is a reptile, which is unusual for most ecosystems. I'm going to so, say it's a Komodo dragon. That is correct. <laughs> You're actually paying attention. Hey! <laughs> Another group that is lacking from New Zealand's ecosystem is mammals. Mm -hmm. um, but there is at least one native non-marine mammal that still lives here. What group of mammals does it belong to? Oh, boy. You said non-native, though? Or it was native? It is a native. It's a non-marine mammal, though. Oh, okay. A native mammal in New Zealand. I feel like it'd be like a rabbit or some shit. <laughs> um, or like a stoat. I feel like there's so many stoat-type things everywhere. Um, I'm going to say it's some sort of rabbit. I don't know. A rabbit? Yeah. That is not correct. Okay. Okay. 
So, next question. The monotremes are only found in Australia and a few neighboring islands are one of the unique forms of life in Oceania. What common name refers to the monotremes? A common name? Mm-hmm. That covers all of them? What? It's not a single name. It's three words that describe oh. something unique about them. Egg-lying mammal. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was like, <laughs> I've never heard of a name that's like a common name for them. Okay. That would be very interesting. <laughs> I was like, platypus and friends. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you did know what the monotremes were, though. I know that. That's one of the things I've learned. <laughs> okay. You think. Hey, goodness. <laughs> now, name the two groups of monotremes that are still around. Oh, no, two groups? Is that just a species? Yeah. Okay. So, it's the platypus, mm-hmm. and I believe it's the echidna, right? That is correct. Yay. Now, we have talked about a few birds from New Zealand, such as the Taki, Kiwi, and Weka. What character ki- characteristic in yet these birds that is very common for birds found on islands? What unites them? Mm-hmm. What do they all have in common? Oh, no. I don't think the Weka and the Takahi fly, but the one we just did does. What else would unite them? So think about those three that I talked about. Not all birds, but most. (laughs) Just repeat the question, please. We have talked... so. We have talked about birds like the Takahi, Kiwi, and Weka. Yeah. What characteristic unites these birds and is very common for birds found on islands? Um, I don't remember the Takahis specific and the Weka specifically. I I feel like that's a really weird thing to say, but I think that they build their homes on the ground. I don't know what else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the thing that unites all of them, and this is the final question, mm-hmm. is that they're all flightless. They are. I thought the one today. I literally didn't pay attention to the one today is flightless. So not all of them. Okay. I was specifically talking about those three. Okay. Anyway, that's <laughs> annoying. Okay, yeah. I'm like, I know the Takahi and the Wecker are flightless. Mm-hmm. I still crack up while you figure out my score. I love that post so much, and it's a little kiwi. It's a little you actually did very well. You only got one wrong. Yay! Was that the last one that I just? Oh no, it was. Well, the... Like, I got like it one was and a half number wrong. seven. So technically, it's one and a half you got wrong. Okay. <laughs> and of course, I highlight a bunch of stuff that I didn't mean to. Good job. So the second question is: name the native animal, national animals of Australia that happen to be in the oh, country. Oh, I thought animal. they were both birds, though. It's kangaroo. Yeah. Yes. I thought they were both birds. Nope. <laughs> That's why I was so confused. It was the emu and the red kangaroo yes. specifically. Okay. Anyway. No, I knew it was kangaroo. I thought they were both birds, and that's why I was so confused. I was like, but I'm so lost. And the other and one. Flightless. The group that is. So there's basically nearly no mammals in New Zealand. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But there is. At least one native mammal, and it's a, not a marine mammal. It's a fucking bat, isn't it? It's a bat. Oh, I just realized that. <laughs> Didn't we do it? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is that? It's like a long, no, a short-eared, fuck, no. Long-nosed bat? Something Short-tailed. Ah, like oh, I just realized, Mike, it's a fucking bat. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, I did pretty well, though. Let's be yes. real. You passed. And technically, I did know both those yeah. answers, although I couldn't tell you the name of the bat. <laughs> but anyway, there you go. But yeah, like I was saying, there's that little meme, and it cracks me up because it's a little kiwi. And it says, like, you just, not initiated, but you've just, like, triggered my fight or flight instinct, and I'm a flightless bird. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I mean, it looks all, like, menacing. I'm like, ah! It's so cute. I just want to say that to someone. I'm like, you've just triggered my flight or fighting instinct, and I'm a flightless bird. I feel like there was a viral, like, video when I was younger that went around. It was, like, this kiwi that was trying to fly, and it launches itself. This, of course, is, like, animated. Yeah. But then it, like, launches itself, and it, like... Oh, wait, I remember it now. It's so vivid. Okay, so (laughs) it's actually sad. Oh, great. (laughs) So, like, you see, like, this big effort, this kiwi scouring up this vertical cliff, and you see that he's placing a bunch of objects like trees, plants, on this wall that he's just scaling up straight up, and it's like, you know, like, mountain climber style. And he sees all his work, and he, like, jumps and claps with his feet, and then you see him run off screen for a sec. He comes back with, like, a firefly's helmet and then he just dive bombs down the cliff and he's like flap he sprouts little wings he starts flapping and it's like he's flying but it's sad because he's not really flying because he's like plunging down but it looks like it because he like made all those trees oh, stand so up he made yes and then you hear that kerplunk at the end and it goes dark oh no <laughs> That's so sad. Why would you end it on something sad? I don't. I'm a flightless bird. It's much happier. Yeah, but it's a memory. <laughs> oh, it explains Casey. <laughs> this is how Casey works. It's dark. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 116. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. <laughs>